Right, let me pray and we'll start. Father, I pray your blessing on our time. And I pray that you would um, give us wisdom and understanding and spiritual truth, the truth of Christ, on how love works out. Any, any other questions that we might have, I pray that um, through this we would grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to be built up, not tossed around, but have a clear understanding of how to apply ourselves in dignity and in honor and in such a way that um, is pleasing to you and at peace with one another and um, a light to the world. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the Russians say. Soft <laughs> yeah. huh. I'll be over there in Russia and those gruff gruff Russians are talking all, you know, Slavic. And um then when we get done praying and they'd say, Amin. They'd be like, What just happened? <laughs> Because their alphabet is a Greek alphabet. And so it looks, like when you're driving around, to me it looks like I was, I was looking at biblical language. And uh, of course their language is very different, but it's based upon the Greek alphabet. It, it's, from a, it's from the, it's Grecian, you know, it's not Latin, it's Grecian origins. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so amen to them. The, their, their Russian word, um, amen is amen. <laughs> amen. It's, you know, it's their actual word. Let it be. So, you know, um, going back to talking about love and what we're looking at here and how this works itself out, certainly in this text and in God's administration, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, Romans 12. And we'll, we'll bounce around a little bit. Uh, if you go back up to, you know, verse 9, love without hypocrisy. You know, hypocrisy is you're always wanting to get something in return. Some aspect of some benefit. And this comes out of the spiritual walk. Obviously, if I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice to God, then my body, which obviously doesn't, everybody thinks the flesh is just all bad. The flesh isn't just all bad. People in the world can be very good. Fathers can love their kids, can love their wives, can sacrifice, whatever. It's bad to God, but that doesn't mean it's bad, right? Otherwise, everybody would be anarchy, anarchy out in the streets. So, Fallen people can be rather philanthropic. They can be loving. They can be kind. They can be sacrificial. It's just not that. It's not qualified before God as such. It's not good before God because the presuppositions behind the actions aren't in line with um, a relationship with God. You know, it's too simplistic to say worshiping God. No, it's it, relating to Him. They're not relating to him. They're relating to themselves. And by doing philanthropic work, you tend to feel good about yourself. And therefore, you're worshiping yourself and you're your own idol. And so it becomes an issue of 
self-exaltation in a bad way, pride in a bad way, all this stuff. So when you're looking at these texts, it's like, yeah, even the world sometimes executes these things quite well. Um, And so it's important for us to look at our own lives and figure out where where we're missing a certain aspect of truth and how love works out in our lives because our flesh was raised to have certain presuppositions, certain uh, habits. Uh, He's he's, he's working it. He's working. Uh, Certain habits that he has, that uh, that we have in our flesh that the world would consider to be even rather good. And so we're going to look at that a little bit. We looked at last time, love without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Because when you, you love somebody, again, it doesn't mean you're loving them the way they want to be loved because you're, you're abhorring what is evil and someone is evil, not that they're evil like Mr. Evil or Goldfinger, but rather that they're, um, they're, they're, they're someone who does not follow according to God's way, right? That would be considered evil. Now, evil takes it to another level of does not follow God's way because it might have an, a, a, a sinister or a negative or a hate or a, a malice, some aspect of malicious, of malicious attitude. But evil, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So you're not going to love people who have that. People who have that predisposition, you're going you're gonna to be a person who is going to stand against it. So you're, you know, that whole concept of love has no bounds or, you know, love is, 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 um, is without, yeah, is unconditional is obviously ridiculous. All love is conditional. Uh, even a husband loving his wife or his kid is conditional. One kid threatens to murder another kid. The kind of love you give to that kid now becomes conditional based upon the kid's behavior and threats or whatever, which does happen. So all of us conditional. It's just that we, we don't often recognize the nature of our conditional love because there's a certain parameter which we don't apply it. We just give leeway and tolerance within a certain parameter and then they cross a certain border. We're like, oh no, I've got to figure out how to put conditions on my love to this kid or this wife or this whatever. The context is friend. <clears throat> you see that in... in um, the so-called brother, right, in First Corinthians. There's conditions on how you love them. That they don't get to be a part of the group if they're doing a certain kind of sin. That, that in, that, in that context, the dude took his father's wife and blah, blah, blah. And, which is not, it's not like, oh, how horrible. Well, I can understand how something like that might happen. Right, father's lost. Typically, men in that time married younger women probably about the age of his son. <clears throat> she gets saved. He gets saved. He starts thinking, well, they're unequally yoked and, and you know, they got good glass for one another, blah, 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 because she's cute and he's handsome. And next thing you know, you know, he's thinking, well, we should be together because we're children of God and, and you're unequally yoked with my dad because he's an evil man and blah, blah, blah. And so you could imagine that somebody could talk themselves into that, that, that real easy but it would be evil, nonetheless, because he is married to this woman and you can't just go yanking her off from under him because he hadn't decided to leave. 
uh, or leave her. So, anywho, just saying, not making it justifiable for the guy. I'm just saying a lot of these sins that these people did weren't like they just right out, you know, did horrible things. There's always this slippery slope of logic that, uh, you know, that, that people use to, to get their way, right? To get their way from us. They'll logically um, uh, apply themselves, especially in relationships, in order to stay in a sinful state. You talk your way into to staying in it for you know good reasons, evangelistic reasons, or or um, or whatever, you know, friendship. Um, in fact, you might like the company of someone in certain contexts, whatever. <clears throat> Abhorring what is evil, clinging to what is good, though, is going to cause this this conflict between people. Uh, should. Because you're a light, and light exposes darkness, and darkness then is going to be exposed. And what they hated the light and loved the darkness, right? Christ exposed them, John 3. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And so that's natural, unless God's drawing them and they get saved, and then they love the light, right? Second Corinthians, again, just a, by way of reminder, some of you read it, some of you maybe don't remember it. It says to uh, the children of God, to those who are being saved are an aroma of life and to those who are perishing an aroma of death. John 15, they hated you because they, they hate me, right? So if you live out your love appropriately toward God and toward Christ, <clears throat> the world's not always going to like that version of love that you're going to give because that, that version is going to be exposing them as opposed to being quiet or affirming or from their perspective, then. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And here's an interesting one. I want to back up and spend a little time on this one because this is important. Uh, giving preference to one another in honor. Okay, now we get into a technical statement. Honor. What does that mean? Anybody understand what this is saying? What is honor based upon? Based on Christ's administration, the authorities within Christ's administration, generally speaking. Right? A father has honor as a father because he is, in fact, a father. He doesn't have to necessarily be honorable to receive honor. Right? It shows, show honor to him, honor is due, right? To kings, to governors, to whatever, as Peter puts it. So honor is something you give to people in authority. Um, or it's something that you give to people that, accord, that you relate to in Christ's administration according to reality, as opposed to according to a non-reality. And I'll, we'll touch on that, right? Um, for instance, if, if when you love, um, let's say you grow up a little bit or your brother and a sister, your brother and a sister, uh, how do you honor a brother and a sister? How would you honor them? Like a sibling, brother, sister? Like 
brother and a sister, a sibling. It doesn't matter. Brother and sister in Christ and brother and sister sibling. Treat them like they're equal to you, not above They're a peer, no matter the age, right? They're a peer. They're equal. And, um, and you treat them accordingly. Obviously, there's a respect to the age. And you're, there's always a, a relating to the, um, to the age of someone and whatnot. But as far as how you treat them, you don't treat them as a lesser person or someone under you. You don't give them boss and orders. If you're not in authority, don't act like it, right? Um, you know how people often say, well, that's, uh, that's uncle such and such. Caribou? Are we, uh... This is the kind of stuff you need to do before we start, and then when we start, we don't get up and we don't do this. I know, I know. But you need to... I'm just saying, this is stuff that Ellie can wait. their position right so you're honoring their position right so it's whatever position they're in you're giving them that honor showing honor to whom honor is due how is it due right is it due to them as a peer is it due to them as an authority what kind of authority is it a you know, this kind of authority or that kind of authority? Is it a king or a governor or a minister or a father or a husband or, you know, a, a boss, an owner of a company? Um, you wouldn't go down, right? Um, you don't, I don't honor my children. I don't honor my wife uh, because my wife isn't in a position of peership from an authority standpoint. I honor, I honor her as a joint heir of, uh, in Christ, but not as a wife. Because as a wife in the human flesh, she's under me. I don't honor her. He doesn't tell us to honor honor my wife as a wife. He says to honor my wife as a joint heir, right? First Peter three seven. So it's important to understand the nature of the honor is because of the peership in Christ, not because of the position of wife. No, you're loving her. You're not honoring her because you're not in any way. You're just celebrating, you're loving, you're, you're, you know, that kind of thing. There's not honoring her necessarily. Maybe our culture certainly uses the word honor all kinds of Well, they, use a, they right. use a lot of words. The word heavy is the word, both in Greek and in English, basically, in, in, I mean, excuse me, Hebrew and Greek, heavy. To count someone as heavy, right? So weight. There's a weight of authority, kavod in the Hebrew. Heavy, heavy. Like when I don't know why this illustration came to mind because we're talking about, but like 
at Christmas time, I drew Matt's name, and I thought of a gift, and I wanted to run it by Alicia to see what she thought about it. And when I did, I found out that Alicia either already got him the gift or was thinking of getting him the same gift. And I'm like, well, that's your position. <laughs> like, I'm out. Like, I don't go, no, I'm going to give him the gift. You're right? Right. That would be honoring her position as wife. As wife. Right. So you're giving heaviness, the weight goes right. to her. She Correct. You're giving heaviness to the fact that she's wife and that you're not going to say, well, I've got that already. Can you get her get him something else? You right. would naturally take the back seat on that and say, oh, great. You got him what you wanted to get him. I'll find something else to get him because you're going to give her preference in honor. Right? That's a perfect illustration of preference in honor. Giving each other preference in honor you're preferring her because she's the pos- in the position of higher honor in the context. Yeah. Right. right? So, um, the, and, the, and you're using a brotherly love as the base. Right? A compassionate, tender, personal care. Love. So it's a very technical thing. So when it comes to... So what's another way that that can manifest itself? Okay, there's... Hmm? No, no one. Well, even in this group, there's not a lot of people who have uh, extended family here, but we say uh, we have uh, we have Alan and uh, and Tanya. I always say I always want to say Tanya because you're, you're that A in there. It's tricky. <laughs> the south in the south, it's all O's. You know, it's Tanya, not Tanya. I don't know. Tanya. Tanya. But uh, I'm sure you you could you could easily recognize the difficulty as a parent trying uh, shifting out of being a parent and acting like a mother into recognizing that he's his own man and that he has a wife, right? And she's the caregiver. She's the one who's you know there to oversee his meals and his life and his and his his direct you know all the support that he needs and that your instinct however is to do all those things right Mm -hmm. so you have to choose to kill that and to fully give her preference and honor that the honor is she's his wife now so she's now the new support that god has placed in his life and you have to switch that over and then you also have to recognize the same you know that when you're chatting with people or whatever, that he's not a little boy anymore and you have to relate to him as a man now rather than to your son, right? So that's a, that's a shift of like, I've got to learn how to do that. I can't treat him like a little boy. I've got to treat him like a man. And I can't talk about him like a little boy. I've got to talk about him like a man because now I have to honor him according to the position he's in now. He's no longer my son. He's now a grown man. Yes, he's, I'm his dad or father from the lineage standpoint, but functionally speaking, there's no connection as far as, as you know, come here, little Timmy, let me spoon feed you, you know, whatever. <laughs> All those are memories now, right? So when you, when you want to love somebody in honor, you have to think in terms of how to represent that person in honor amongst his life, and where he's at in his life at the time. So, and that's difficult. You know, that's a difficult thing. It's a different transition. I to, I had to have that conversation with my mom 
Oh yeah. Before we left, yeah, I remember saying to her, and I know she didn't get it at the time, but like it was clear to me, like I'm, I'm not your daughter, because she would say, yeah. my daughter this, my daughter that. I was like, and and it was there was a sense of ownership, and it. it's one thing to say my daughter, but it was like there was it was in a context of like there was still that relationship there, and I was married to Gray already, and I said like I'm not your daughter anymore. And that was in Colorado, saying, actually. I'm Gray's wife, was it? Yeah. I thought it was in Georgia. You well, left. you made you started it there, but you yeah. you had to say it clearer. Yeah. Well, you did say it in Georgia, but I think you had to reinforce it in Colorado. I remember because she looked out the window like. That. Yeah. <laughs> for me, if she didn't understand it, and I get it, but it was like the transition for her was hard, and I was trying to put it into words for her, like you have to start relating to me in terms of I'm Greg's wife first, right, and I'm not your daughter. Right. That way anymore, I'm you know. To, you have to start thinking of because the way she was using the term, my daughter would be like, Yeah, it was con- her, the way her mother was using the term was competing for right. uh, for loyalty, yeah, right? She was competing for affection and loyalty, yeah. She wanted you to be loyal to her and more affectionate to her than to me, right? And so she was kept saying, My daughter, my daughter, my daughter, rather than Greg's wife, Greg's wife, Greg's wife. It's like That's the shift that has to take place in the your mom, brother. huh? Brad is, when Brad does something wrong, he's my brother. Yeah, when Brad does something, I'm like, your brother jacked it up. <laughs> and what's so funny is when she does something, he's like, your, your wife. You know, he, he doesn't say my sister. <laughs> your wife keeps changing stuff on me. So, rather than this, anyway. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, just defer, defer it out. Huh? Like blame it on the person they're related to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Away from him, you know, yeah, like away from like your self. Yeah, yeah, self connection. Yeah. But anywho, um, giving preference to one another and honor is recognizing the technical position someone's in at the time, and um, as opposed to the relationship you formerly had had with them. And again, that's a shift. It, it's a, there's a whole learning curve that comes with that. Like you have to undo stop your mouth and stop your actions from doing certain things and then think how can I apply love and uh, love in such a way to give preference and honor in this situation it means it's a that's where the discipline of faith kicks in where you have to actually discipline your mind to consider the circumstances the people around you who's being affected how to relate and all those types of things there's a certain sense of entitlement when we're family right that a sister or brother can talk to a sibling uh more directly, more sarcastically, more harshly than you would a stranger. Or um, there's more entitlement, like even probably, I'm sure from your experience, in your own mind to instinctively want to take control of certain things and just be a help in certain ways. Whereas you wouldn't do that to the neighbor. You would say, hey, would you want my help? As opposed to just kind of with your son or whatever, you might be inclined to just do it. Right? right. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just speaking as a, from my experience on people in general, but I'm, you're the only two here that are in that situation. Um, so training yourself to be modest and asking, hey, can I get involved? Do you want my help? Do you want my assistance? Um, you know, keeping a little bit of a distance between, um, uh, between you and, and your son, so recognizing that that's Lauren's position and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean, or whatever. Um, so things like that 
that's what this is talking about. Like that's that's what it's telling us to provoke our mind to understand. Say this brother love, give preference to one another in respect to the honor, the position of honor that we have. Um, uh, so anyway. What are we giving preference and preference from? Like right, you're preferring one another. Over you're preferring the person like she would have to prefer Lauren's will over I her think. own. I, I she would have to prefer Alicia's will over her own because she's looking to the person who's in the position of honor. Yeah. Like she has the position of honor of supporting him. She does okay. not. And so therefore she has to stop her will and prefer this person, her will to be done rather than her will to be done in order to honor her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So respect to honor. Because you're looking technically at the, at the relationship before you. Yeah, respect to the position. Yes, to the position. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. He is, but then I'm in the position of honor higher than that, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm a minister, so. He, it's, he's in the position of honor as one who, in respect, only in respect to his home. In respect to the people, I'm the one in position of honor. Right? right, that doesn't matter. So, so you would be honoring his home, um, but not honoring him as the head host, sure. if you will, the head of the group in that sense. Of course. Yeah, but I'm just throwing that in there because that's where the trickiness happens, right? Because when you have multiple levels of honor you're trying to recognize in a, in a common area, you would, you'd have to divide those two things out um, to where you would, you, would, you would want to seek out and understand what the preferences of a person are, such as, you know, uh, if you, you obviously have kids and whatnot, where you want them, where you don't want them, you know. Can they pee in this corner or in that corner? You know, can they draw with crayons on this wall or this couch, but not that one? You know, yeah. like you know. Care about <laughs> you know what? Let's test that out. I'm gonna bring the crayons. You guys bring the kids. <laughs> We're gonna reel that in real quick. <laughs> Just try to go for the blue mat, you know, the little, the little absorption mats in the corner. When he has grandkids, then he'll be like, crayons? Yeah, yeah. Once he has grandkids, he'll be like, ah, oh, crayons. He'll be like, over and be puppy pets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry in advance for your grandkids, Debbie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a question about this. Well, it is a context of brothers and sisters in Christ, but it's not only that context in this, in this exposition, mm-hmm. right? Because he's going to end with enemies. And, okay. and, and so we're, we're discussing love and how it applies. Now, how you would divide that down, it would become more intricate toward an unbeliever as opposed to a brother, as opposed to a mature brother or a so-called brother or whatever. So you have to take... And divide that out in your own mind and use other scriptures to give you guidance on those types of things. You don't really need other scriptures if you just think, right. you know. Right. But 
it's nice, you know, you can go to Corinthians or you can go to Colossians chapter 3 or whatever, and you can find other places that give you little lists and how things work out. But it's not just talking about, um, believe it, <laughs> not just talking about, here you go. It's you need. I need a body bad. There you go. Just grab a paper towel roll. Man down. Now you've done it. Don't worry. Here you go. Tanner. Oh, they got some there. Try it up real good. Um, The um, obviously in a context, Alicia, where you have multiple options, you're always going to side with loving the believer before you love the unbeliever, right? So we know that to be the case. It's just a matter of of uh, thinking through the context and applying your faith as to how it would work itself out in those varying contexts. Your love's like a, like I said, it's like an art. It's like a dance. You just got to apply the right move for the moment. And it, and it takes thinking. <clears throat> In time, it can become instinctual, but at first, it, 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 it takes a lot of thinking up, up front. I was just thinking of a scenario like where those nuances might be somewhat at odds where, let's say you had... You met a teenager and shared the gospel with them and they became a believer and now that's your, your brother, sister in Christ, but they're still under the headship of their father. <laughs> they're still in their father's home and under his accountability, but he's not a believer. So that would get into What are you talking about the father? Well you were saying like you would give preference to the brother, sister in Christ. But if you for example, had or, or like, but that's a technical was, position of high authority, right? So it's a because technical, yeah, right. because that's more technically based. If you're in the actual, you know, un, under the actual, you know, domain of someone, like a wife of an unbelieving husband, like right. if, if she's your sister, you're still in a, she's still in a technical position of honoring her husband, and you would also be honoring him as her husband, as head. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you were dealing with a wife, a woman, who was a child of God, your sister. Child of God. But her husband is not a brother. Right. right. You're still honoring his position. Of course. On a technical basis. Yeah. Now let's throw a little wild curve ball. Somebody's building a new house. You got to move back in with your parents. You're married. You got kids. Mm-hmm. You know. Maybe it's panicking. Too soon, too soon. You know, again, it gets complex, but it's not, it's not difficult. I know she's turning red, sweat's coming out. No, the, it's very simple. You would go in uh, like a bull in a china shop. And you'd say, listen, we need your help. This is what we need. We're building a home. We're removing whatever it is. 
We need to stay here for a certain amount of time. Are you willing to do that? Yes. Okay, let me lay down the ground rules then. I am the man of this home. It, that is That cannot and must not be breached. My wife is my wife. It is not your grand, not your daughter, not your granddaughter, not your whatever. My kids are my kids. They're not your grandkids. While in this home, you still have to ask permission to teach, to do whatever. In other words, you cannot just ebb and flow. The parenting is from me and my wife. It will not be from you. Your grandparents, you're, you're supposed to spoil them and love them and wreck them so that we get them back and have to fix them. But parenting is, <laughs> is ours, right? So you, if you feed them too much chocolate, you draw with them with crayons, whatever. But, but as far as like um, the teaching and the instruction, if we're unified, great. If we're not unified, then that's going to be restricted to us alone. In other words, I would come in like a strong bull establish it. If they said, no, we don't want you to stay there, praise God, I'll move on, I'll find another route. But I would not go into a situation like that without establishing, like, you know, a ravenous king, my position. And you're, you're with, speaking with other strength. It's, it's Christ to the husband, yep. to the wife, to the kids, period. And it's I would also Christ recognize their authority. Number one, this is their home. We yeah. recognize that home. We recognize... They give preference to their preferences concerning the home. Um, anything that we break, we'll fix. Any, you know, when we leave it, we'll leave it better than we, we entered. Uh, I'll always honor you as the, as the master of this home and your wife, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'll show them that honor as well. But don't cross that line. Don't cross that line. And, and it's okay, yeah, it'll be great. Great. If that's the case, and then you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to beat them off a few times, but after that, it's usually good. Well, it's loving to them, too, because if you do it beforehand, then they know what's expected. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you have to do it hard so that you're giving exactly. back. And then they're like, oh, sweet. And like, yeah, we can do that. And then when yeah. you like, expose it to them, if they overstep, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. It, what, it's the same as right in contrast. Ruthless yeah. godliness with kindness. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the same with contracts. It's ruthless godliness with kindness. In other words, you want to be a giver, not a taker. So you establish a really hard position. And then when they ask for something that they think might be questionable, you give it to them because you already factored that into the equation. And they feel like, oh, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or it's not as restrictive as I, I thought it was going to be because I laid down the law so hard. And then now they, they see that there's, there's, they're happy to get a little rather than thinking they're going to get everything and they get like 10%. You tell them they get 2% and they get 10%, they're very happy. So, you know, you want to come in with a very very straightforward business, business-minded type of mentality. And that way you honor them by doing that. Because you're not going to defraud them. You're not going to say, oh, can we come in, blah, blah, blah. And you start making their life miserable because they thought they were getting package A, but they got package B, you know, uh, concerning their grandkids or their, their daughter or whatever it is. So... That, that's, that's honoring someone and loving someone by being uh, straightforward, clear, and, um, and, and forthright about all things. That's what we did with my parents when we first moved to California. Well, you know, that's yeah. a really hard conversation with them. Right? Hate is very, I mean, we both were hate, especially in the very upfront. Yeah. And it was hard and awkward then for a few months, but then we ended up enjoying and still do to this day. Yeah, you guys had. Wonderful yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're saying for the sake of the recording that that's exactly what Megan Kate did with Megan's parents, and 
And with my parents. And with first his parents. Right. Yeah, and now it, it ended up being good because now they understood the parents, they respected it. It's always a bit awkward and tense. They have to kind of get over the wounds of that experience and then of the restriction in their mind. But in reality, it's just living in reality, right? You're just forcing them to live within the administration of Christ. Even if they don't really live within the administration of Christ in their own home, they're going to do it in your home and with your kids. And when, once they get that message and they, they buck a little bit, but you hold the line, and they're like, oh, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to lose privilege of being with my grandkids, right? So if I don't want to lose privilege with my grandkids, I'm going to behave. And they do. I told you they would. And they do. Because grandparents, no matter how hurtful those discussions are, they do not want to lose privilege with their grandkids. Yeah, they're relaxed because they know where the parameters are, right? They know how to relate to you, how to relate to your kids, and that always makes people relaxed. It's when they have presumption and, and they have um, entitlement. And when you don't push that out and say you don't have this, you don't have this entitlement, you don't ha- and this, don't presume this. This is the truth. I'm going to tell you what the truth is. Once you do that, they get it. Now they know how to relate. They can settle into that, go through their little funeral, you know, I don't get what I want. And once they get that, they have their little funeral. I can't have the relationship I always dreamed of with my grandkids in this way. But then they settle into the one that they have, and they're happy. And they're happy with you. They're happy with them. And everything goes well. And, um, but you have, to, you, have to, you, have to, you have to make a strong stand in order for that to be an effective uh, and good experience uh, in the beginning. Otherwise, it's when you're constantly hurting feelings and then having to having to stand after they've already taken it too far, and now you're constantly hurting their feelings. It just makes you look like this mean person. I'd rather look like a mean person right in the beginning, and then be a nice person the rest of the time, than a really nice person and then a perpetually mean person saying you can't do this, no, no, don't say that, you can't teach them this, you can't do that. Da 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 da. da, da. It's like no, this is the parameters. Boom, 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 and then you're constantly saying, sure, yeah, go ahead, whatever, yeah, enjoy, whatever, uh huh, because. You, they generally know the parameters at that point. Um, and for that reason, you end up having a good relationship with them and they enjoy their grandkids and, and, and everything works out after the learning curve happens. So, Without the children, I think almost everyone here got to experience the fruit of this with uh, Michael Krivosh, my father, because I had to be very strong and firm like yep. five years ago, four years ago with him because he so much wanted his right to lord over my life because... Yeah, even as a grown man, your father was man, wanting to... Years old, he's still doing it. So I had to lord over your life and tell you... Stand. And uh, he, he, it took him a long time to work through it that. took some years. And then he kept violating, kept violating, kept violating. I got to a point where I wouldn't pick up the phone. I would just text him, you have to acknowledge that it's not appropriate to speak into my life or over my life and you know I look forward to getting to know the person you are and letting you know the person that I am and, and building a, a new relationship but not speaking about my past nothing like just yeah. die to it all and finally he said okay yeah <laughs> once then, you had to and that took some that years that took a long like, time I'd say two and years at one point I called you I was so frustrated you're like I hope he calls you every day until you work out your faith on this one yeah <laughs> and he was like all that. mad and I was like but, uh, hey dude just all you got to do is it's keep miserable. telling him the truth. And all that was doing was embedding it in you. Yeah. It was the trial you needed to remind you of that truth. Yeah. Right? And, and give you the experience of being successful. And you see, it might take two years. I think it took two years. Yeah. And l- like you said a few minutes ago, like, 
how he related to me is all that mattered. How he related to his other sons and his daughter didn't matter. That's he irrelevant. Do, whatever you do he can them, treat them however he wants. Me. But with me, you know, this is it. You know, I go to God for my wisdom. I'm not going to go. To, I'm not going to receive it from you based upon what you think you need to give. And if I ever need help, I'll ask. He always said, if you want help, I'll, get, I'll ask. I'll let you know. But um, anyway, after that, after that shift. Um, we had the best relationship. Yeah, he had a lovely relationship. Years. And you got, I think you all got to hang with him that day. He was happy. He was joyful. He was yep. at peace. He was he like, was wow. chill, relaxed, this is cool. not uptight. I hang out. Had a good time. And, uh, so even at the point of his passing, it was, uh, it was a blessing to having experienced that side of him that unfortunately his family didn't get to experience. Yeah. Him. Like he found, even without the common faith, he found a joy in that structure right. that he hadn't experienced. Right. It's That's an close. interesting point because like as a parent I can imagine like watching Grace grow, like she's in our home right now, right? And I'm I know about everything about her life, but there's gonna be a point where she's she's out of her home, she's experiencing things. I don't see her every day. We don't grief every day like we do now. Like I have no idea what kind of person she's becoming and I can't you know, I can't relate to her on the person that, you know, I've always known her to be because she's becoming who she is in that moment for the rest of her life. So it's like you're always relating to that person on the basis of... Right. As a mother, you tend to, wherever they left off, it's like it's a burned record in your mind. Like, oh, that's Gracie, 22 years old. She's 40. I know what you like. There's a ton happened since then. And she's changed preferences and she's changed flavors and everything. And you're still like, oh, Gracie loves it. He's like, no, dude, wake up. Yeah. There's a grown man now, a grown woman. You know, you don't know them like you think you do. Uh, you have to start over and get to know them again. And, um, and it's really good if you are self-aware of that when they leave, then you can continue to open your mind and learn about the person. But if you're not self-aware of that trip, trip up, you become that person who, you know, oh, you know, such and such, oh, they just love such and such. And like, oh, geez, I'm not 16 years old anymore. You know, they love those that, that they love whatever. Oh, she loves that orange sweater. Yeah, yeah. When I was nine, <laughs> you know. It definitely is like, I'm just processing it as a talking about it. definitely like, to just have a thought of like, the entitlement is such a big piece because I feel like I'm so thankful for the relationship that he's having with her grandparents because of that. Like, where is it that entitlement piece? Oh, it's just poison. Entitlement is poison. And, and so I think that's the piece that, like, I feel like with your family, we made some stands, but it got more level. <coughs> whereas my family, it was such a good picture with my parents of, like, a really hard stand yeah. at the beginning that, that died. And we used the word entitlement, and I know yeah. it's hard for them to hear, but that died. And now it's just been a beautiful yeah. thing since then because that died. Right. So, Yeah, it's like living in Chernobyl. Everybody turns out with three eyes and some weird hand growing out of something, you know. There's some some weird, you know, growth coming off of you. It's it's jacked up, you know. Things don't grow right. Relationships don't grow right when that entitlement's there. You're always trying to morph around and manipulate uh, the situation to survive the people who feel entitled into your life. And so there's always a sense of like, 
uncomfortableness or avoidance or manipulation or um, whatever in order to keep the person at bay because they feel too entitled to uh, just barrel their way in. And so it's, Isn't that it's uncomfortable. Itself, the entitlement, the, the situation you're referring to would be the person who's not recognizing the technical position of honor. It's, that's what I'm saying. The person who feels entitled is the person who's not recognizing honoring the, the honor. Right. 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 So I'm it's saying. like the... Uh, Antithesis, or it's the opposite. The like it's there's there's what we're striving to do. Recognize the, the person who is in honor is entitled. Right. The person who's not in the position of honor is not entitled. Right. Right. That the, the person in the position of honor is entitled to me honoring them. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and you can honor that person in like for example a mother. You, I can honor my mother in relation to the position that she held uh-huh. as my mother for those years of my life, and and you know. And there's one final entitlement, but, right? Yeah. And that the final entitlement is is making sure they don't, you know, uh, starve to death or something. You know, right. it's not um, if if everything fails, like if the, the government assistance and what we say in the old days, there wasn't social security and all these things, these these mechanisms put in place for 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 parents to to be supported, and so back in then. It was pretty much just fell on the family, a hundred percent. There weren't government, government. You know, you didn't put, you didn't pay into the government. You know, my mom gets a social security check. You know, so because of that, it, the full weight doesn't fall on me or on Danny or whatever. It, it it falls on my father's money that he put into the government. And she gets a, a stipend of it back, um, and so. And if there's, if, as long as that, if that took care of her, then I'm not responsible to do anything for her. I don't have to honor her past that point. But if that doesn't care for her, then I have to honor her. It, or technically, Danny would have to honor her past that point. But if he doesn't, then it falls on me to honor her. That is to say, to make sure she has food, shelter, clothing. At least the basics of that, right? Um, doesn't say where or how or whatever, but that's what it falls on. So, if and um, so honor, there's still that aspect, but it, there's no teaching, there's no relating, there's no cuddling up under her arm kind of stuff, right? There's just you're because of blood. Blood's thicker than water, you know. Because of blood, you know, <laughs> like, blood's thicker. You know, those weird, you know, southern things. Um, because of blood, you, as as God says, you know, you would care for your where they technically needed care not extravagant whatever but like my mother or a lot of parents don't deserve high honor treatment because they weren't honorable people right so you don't honor someone with high honor who was an honorable person you give them whatever in your heart would be the measure of that they would be appropriate to facilitate the general happiness or support of their life that would give them the opportunity for happiness. Um, so, anyway, all that kind of works itself out based upon the circumstances and people and how much you have and blah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, which is, is difficult, especially when you have like in my case, sibling that isn't as 
I should say he's not as aware of of the. Um, I don't think he's not. He's, it's not that he's not willing. He's not as aware of his responsibility to do to care in that way. He's old. Yeah, by five years. So you see the oldest child is that in the That's what the word of God says. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would all the siblings, you know, technically should be the oldest child has a responsibility to take to manage it. Not necessarily to bear the full burden. But he's the the oldest male child is is generally one that manages it generally. Not has to be that way. Circumstances, context. Yet one brother who's got nothing going on, no family. You got another one who has got a big family. There's a reasonableness to things. You know, God's not. We're not under law, but in general, from a historical standpoint, that's generally the way it works. Because he's oldest, and blah blah blah. And so, in my case, but it doesn't matter for me as a child of God. I just look at it as I got to get the. You know, you give somebody an opportunity, and if it doesn't, they don't take it. Then you. You got to figure it out, and um, and from there, you know, work it, work it out. I hope the government doesn't fail because if it does, I'm going to take care of five older sisters that are all grown old. Amen to that, brother. I know you don't want you don't want these these old maids to you know come knocking on your door. Arms for the poor. <laughs> Coming all blind, like blind. Ralphie. Ralphie. Oh, Gracie, come in. How's he doing? Suddenly, you you have an interest in vetting all of their husbands. What kind of job do you have? Awesome. Do you have a retirement? What kind of inheritance you we're looking at here? Yeah, my inheritance, retirement. What's your lineage? What's your father's name? You got any debt? How much debt you got? You know. How safe is your job? Yeah, how safe is your job? How many children are you tending? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's funny. Kai immediately applying it. Oh Lord, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can talk to you about it. 
as long as, long as I know Dad doesn't he doesn't mind, you know, like it's going to facilitate his happiness as opposed to just your disregarding him. Right. As I pointed her to ask him first. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. You, I'll talk. I'll talk to. That's what I was saying. You could talk to her. I said him, but you could talk to her about it if she was like considered him first, you know, in that yeah. process. Yeah. And that's good. That that provokes godliness in the home. It provokes. And it's a light to the administration of Christ in their home. And that's what you want to be. Not, not, in, a, not in a controversial way, but just in a matter-of-fact, sort of in a gentle kind of way. Well, I'd love to do that, Mom, but, you know, hey, can you check with Dad and make sure? Oh, he doesn't care. I know you say that. Have you talked to him? No. Okay. We've got to make sure and love him, right? We want to honor him, right? We want to make sure he's, he's happy. He's, he's the one that, that um, God's put in a position of honor to be cared for by the wife first and foremost of his own happiness. So I would, want, I would imagine you want to do that, right? Right, okay, yeah. So once you ask him what his preferences are and then when you figure that out, then call me back and we have now a parameter because he might say, well, I don't want the couch here, but I don't mind if it's in any one of these three corners. You know, that, so now once we have a parameter, now we can talk once we know where the parameters are. And so, you know, kind of like coaching someone along by saying, right? Right? You know, don't you want to? Yes. Okay. She's going to say what's... She's going to agree, even if she doesn't agree. Well, yeah, she gives me the, the Christian response. Yeah, the Christian response. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Which is, of course, why you've chatted with him and made sure you've talked to them first, right? No? Okay. Yes, okay. Hanging up now. Yeah. So, any questions on all that? Nope. Any questions there? Uh, any other context you want to discuss? I uh, the question comes to mind is like looking, looking back, like in terms of my mom, for example. No, I just Go ahead. Like, uh, I guess showing honor for a relationship that we had in terms of it's past and it's over, but in terms of like what it was. It's not really showing honor, I guess, it's speaking well of or remembering the context in which I honored her up to a point. What are you talking about? How far back should I go? I heard everything, but just in case, repeat it off. I was trying to, I didn't get the connection, like explain. So you have a, a context where a person is to be shown honor. Okay, context. And that context ends. Yes, it ends. For example, my mother. Yes. Right? And so relating to her in terms of something that is in the past and over. Is it different from respect and yes. honor? Yeah, like, what would you call it? It's not honor. Right? Well, like, so, oh, like, it's my two respect. dads. Yeah. I have my yes. biological father, who I never respected, and was never worthy of any remembrance or appreciation of honor right. in respect to how he fathered me. Yeah. Then I have my stepdad. Came in at 12, 13 years old. I just did the post on the day. He right. took on this teenager and loved my mom through all that stuff, and it's like, okay. I showed an appreciation for him. Yeah, too. so it's thank not really you, showing Thank you for honor. loving my mom. It's appreciation. Thank you for that. Yeah. Just, speaking well of. Speaking well of. Speaking well of. But two, two different Reminiscing. relationships. 
where I had a good relationship with my biological father, but not based on remembering the past of stuff, but just, hey, he, he is my, you he help encourage me, he is my blood relative. Must have been hard on him during that right. time that he ended up going into different directions, show some compassion for him. In other words, figure out what I need to do to let it pass and just right. move past He's a that. person. And then I can relate to him based on who he was today. Um, and we had a good relationship. And then my stepdad, still working to do that as well, but also, hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for being my stepdad. Thank you for taking me on. You know, so that appreciation. So if you remain, you're recognizing, you're giving him the honor that he deserves, right? Your father, just because. He's your father, you know, and your stepfather because of what he did as well. And so you're, you're trying to, your father, you're just trying to understand as a human being, right? Because he didn't really deserve any honor outside of that. He hadn't done anything. He hadn't done anything magnificent for you. I don't know if he provided, did he give us checks or anything? No, that was okay. where a lot of failures came later in life. Yeah, so whatever. So, so you're just trying to honor him as your father, and that was what we were going through. Is you got to love him and kind of let all the past go and just get to know him as a person and once that happened then it's like good right your stepfather you honor him according to the fact that he took you out of the way and cared for you and he provided provided for you and all those types of things and so constantly being grateful for him and what he did and appreciative of that verbally but you don't owe him anything there's a non-entitlement that's part of the it's part of how the the administration works. He's in, he's entitled to make sure you get food, shelter, and clothing. You know, if he takes on the wife with the kid, then he's entitled to care for the kid, and there's nothing owed, right? This in, in the same way that, huh? No, I was gonna say, he does, it doesn't. You don't owe to take care of him when he's old. We don't owe it. It's that that's what you do to honor or love someone, not as an owing, not like an IOU you have. I do like today I recognized him for the honor that he the position he had right. in my life at a certain time. Right. Absolutely. But if I was just thinking then in terms of maintaining a healthy relationship. Can I get there? But like if you're still relating to that person and in terms of having a healthy relationship with that person, if one or the other is still if one or the other is still going back to uh, the previous relationship the way that it was, you know, like if you're still talking about, you're not getting to know the person now outside of this relationship that you had in the past. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not really healthy because one or the other is not living in terms of the current reality. Right. They're living in the past and what it was, but not really developing anything in the current so like in the body of Christ where you have those relationships that have you know like hopefully she'll be around for a while but I guess I'll have to not live in the the old relationship. Amen. Did you get what I was saying? I totally understandable you already said it and so that was just part two of the same thing. Right. Amen. I mean, I mean Amen. That's right. There we go. Anything else I can help you guys with? Yep, appreciate it. <laughs> another, another area then, right? All the areas oh, yeah, are, are on the floor, but another area is of, of, um, of giving a preference to one of the honor is, of course, if you get married, right? A wife, a woman can, can marry a husband, but not marry a husband, right? Happens all the time. 
it's it's the presupposition by which you join someone. You're either joining them because on, on a worldly premise or on the premise of Christ's administration, recognizing that you are hupotasoing as a woman. You're saying, I'm going to, my faith is this person is a child of God. I like the administration they're under in Christ. I like the pursuit they have. Uh, I, I admire their faith. I see they're mature in ABC. And, um, and I am going to put, I'm going to, by my faith, put myself under this man and fully subject myself to them, accepting both their strengths and weaknesses, their moments of victory, their moments of failure, and trusting that God will work it out in that man to bless me. And I'm just going to support him both through the successes and failures and let God work out the details as Sarah did, right? And as it talks about, and, and, and uh, not that you're not a verbal support, not that you're not pointing things out, all that's fine. But it's the, it's the full commitment of a woman to say, I'm fully 100% this person's wife and I fully support this man 100%. Therefore, I'm going to learn this man. I'm going to understand his preferences. I'm going to uh, adjust my life around his administration. And I'm going to support it so it, that his life is, is facilitated by my existence. I'm a, I'm, I'm, as I've said, I'm not a, an anchor in the ground dragging him down. Rather, I'm a sail in his, on his boat pulling him forward. I'm, I'm going to be this. That doesn't happen, i.e., you know, or E-G, E period, G period, um, you know. Andy's last situation um, where you have a person who marries on the presupposition of a human concept of what marriage is that you're just getting a man to facilitate your life and, and the woman's getting a man not to subject herself under and give up her life but rather getting a person so as to support the ideal life the Barbie doll dream house that she in fact has had since childhood and now I've got it in this person, and now I've got to somehow manipulate this person into staying within the parameters of what facilitates my life as a woman. And this is very common since this is the way Satan has designed the world to communicate and build up women to, to think. They don't understand that a man is a bride to Christ, and a man who's in Christ has to give up his life fully to support the administration of Christ. And the woman is mimicking that in order to support the man supporting Christ because Christ gave up his life to support the administration of the Father. So the man then dies to his life and gives it up for Christ. The woman dies to her life and gives it up to the husband and the children fully do the same in order to support the parents while in the home. So it becomes a constant, a consistent line straight to the Father of support to the administration of God by facilitating Christ. The man dies to his life the woman dies to her life. The children die to their life so as to live. Because if you lose your life, you find it. You find it. Right? So um, this has been, for me, the biggest hurdle for most people when it comes to marriage is, is not only the man understanding that, <laughs> that he's not, you know, maybe understanding his hupotassel position under Christ, but from an earthly example, it's just the women bringing in the presupposition of, of, their, uh, of their worldly thinking, regardless of Christian or not, their worldly thinking into the marriage and not giving the husband honor 
whether they like him or not. You can marry somebody and realize you don't like him afterward. Um, that's fine, but you've got to then still in faith honor that person until you do like them because eventually you will like them. It's just a matter of you've got to grow in your own maturity and your own faith because you're, you're the, when, you, when someone doesn't like somebody who's spiritual, all you're saying is, my flesh is not being facilitated, therefore I don't like this person. <laughs> that's what you're saying. You say, my flesh is not being facilitated, therefore I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the person that I'm, I'm around. And so once the flesh is no longer heard and the spirit rules the flesh, then that statement goes out the door and you begin to appreciate and like the person that, um, that is in authority over you. And so that's true whether it's a minister, that's true whether it's a, a husband, that's true whether it's a, a mother over children. Um, does that make sense? That's, that's why this text is, when we talk about the comprehensiveness of this statement, it's so profound. You know, we take it whether it's, in, it's from an employee toward an employer or, or, or whatever context of authority is there, it's, a, it's an issue is one of honor and giving preference based upon the honor that's there. Um, that goes back to love, right? The wife might know how to cook something in the way she likes to cook it. But if the man doesn't like it that way, it doesn't matter how glorious it is. And if 98% of all the people on the earth would rather have it that way, if the man doesn't like it that way, then she's not honoring him by not giving him his preference. Why? Because she's not being, she doesn't feel fulfilled because... She doesn't get to, you know, make her special hickey-mahoo-hoo the way she wants to, right? He just wants something simple, and she wants to make some complex thing, take four hours to do it, mess up 500 dishes, so you have this wonderful meal that you don't even care about when you could have used up one pan and one plate and got her done, right? You know what I'm talking about there, Kay? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to stir up trouble. <laughs> He's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, um, keep going. I'm talking about him. Yeah, I'm talking about just many different circumstances that I've run into. They're funny like that. Huh? Well, I don't know. But, no. We've never had anything like that. No, no. Certainly we have, where I'm, I'm very simple. Beth likes to be complex. I understand why you didn't like garlic in your eggs. I thought that was such a great idea. Oh, my God, I'm great. I love garlic in eggs. Why don't you love that? <laughs> gourmet. Gourmet. Yes. <laughs> then he's a moron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect slide. You just slide that right in. Then he's wrong. You're like, amen. <laughs> no. It, it, but again, all, since people are different, there's going to be preferences that are simple and, and um, in that there, 
in, when you're serving somebody, you're just trying to understand the person. And that doesn't mean that you're going to, you're going to get this personal satisfaction out of everything that you do. And that goes back to then the first statement, love without hypocrisy. Because if you're truly saying, I'm trying to love you, then don't put your satisfaction into it. This is my mama. This is my mama. Yes. Garlic and eggs. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, so like something you can think about quite a bit on how does honor work itself out oh, it's in there um, uh, in the in various contexts right how does honor work itself out based you know who is this person to me um, so forth and so on anybody have any any questions on on the wife thing or Kids toward parents, or what? It's clear as mud. Got a question about the the loving without hypocrisy. We had a conversation you and I in the last day or so about the context of someone who was loving with hypocrisy, communicating with hypocrisy, and then uh, talked to the Jelso family last night about that same discussion, but a follow up discussion with the person and. Um, it hadn't been articulated out before, but I said to the person uh, who is in a more reasonable state, look, you're, 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 you're loving with hypocrisy, you're communicating with hypocrisy, and it's important for you to understand that as loving as you think you are, like, and this is what came out of my mouth, believe it was right, let you validate it, but important for you to understand that there's no act of love that you will ever do that is based in human love, that is hypocritical love or human love, that will ever receive a reward in heaven, nothing. The only rewards in heaven would come from an agape love, a faith working through love, the faith of Christ. So therefore, the only rewards in heaven for any loving act on earth would be an actual love without hypocrisy. Yes. And um, everything else burned up as Paul said. Yeah, because it's not love. As soon as you add your yourself into the equation, you taint the love. Now you've dropped dye in the water. It's no longer clear. Right? So it's... it's uh, it's self-motivated. In the moment it becomes self-motivated, it's a tainted love. It, now, I mean, it can 10%, still be 10%. Yeah. You know, right. it might be tainted 10%, but it is tainted nonetheless. But it can still be good. There's plenty of people Absolutely. who don't believe the good news. Absolutely. Loving their children and loving their parents right. and loving their coworkers and loving their, from a human love disposition in this world, who even be blessed. I thought of my CEO. Um, doesn't believe the good news as far as we know, but he's, he's generally 
caring for people for the most part. He says he's, 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 he's what does he say? He's 95% honest. Yeah. <laughs> 95% honest, but he's, he's caring for the employees, caring for the customers. You see him blessed. You see his family blessed. You see his company blessed. So there is good, there are good rewards on earth as long as God's administration, Christ's administration are being furthered by people who would not be of the faith of Christ. Yeah. But when you're, when you're talking about this particular person who's professing a spiritual walk, a belief in the good news, wanting spiritual fellowship, who's right. saying, I'm loving you, and you're not loving me back. You know, it's, right. no, it's important for you to understand there's no act of love that you're doing that right. will be rewarded in heaven because it's all. I, I don't, can't think of a, a way that a not new creation could possibly be <clears throat> without. They have to love. Of course, that's what I said. A, 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 a fallen person can only love with yeah. hypocrisy, right. because there's ignorance and there's self will, and this goes back to uh, you know Ephesians four, that you lived according to the course of this world, right? The prince of the power there, Ephesians two and Ephesians four, um, when it transitions there in verse you know seven, what was it eighteen nineteen whatever seventeen eighteen nineteen where. It uh, transitions. It says now don't walk like the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You know, and, and so forth and so on. And so um, they can't function outside of that. They can't. So even if it looks great, they can't function outside of a dark, selfish ambition. They can't do it, which is Romans 1, Romans 3, you know, Ephesians, like I said, uh, 2, 1 through 3, or 4, 17 and following, or uh, Galatians chapter 5. You know, um, you know, at the end, and the, 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 the deeds of the flesh are these, deeds of the spirit, you know, the fruit of the spirit is this. So, you know, you're going to have <clears throat> in the world, there's only a selfishness. And it really boils down to just a selfish desire, life. Which is the entire, which builds the entire, in other words, the, say, uh, a single mother does loving things for her child over the years, over the years, over the years, over the years. Eventually, feels entitled to speak over that child's life and so on, right? It's all correlating back together because the love that was given wouldn't have been without hypocrisy. It would have been with hypocrisy. Correct. Loving you, you need to... Right, but as long as you know that that's the way a pagan works, then you can work around that. You can still say, thank you for your love. Yeah. Because you're, you're loving them for the love of a pagan. You're not loving them for the love of God. Right? You're not, you're not uh, complimenting them. You're complimenting <laughs> human love as opposed to pay, uh, godly love. I did that recently. I can, I can compliment human love to, to a human because yeah. they're a human. So I'm going to give them that honor, right? Yeah. The honor they deserve is the honor of, of saying, I recognize your human, selfish, dark love. However, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I recognize <laughs> that it, at least it's love rather than hate, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's better. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they may still be doing a wonderful act, uh, a fallen person, a wonderful, loving act, as far as from just all the mechanics of it, right? Somebody giving something to you, somebody being kind, supporting you, doing some wonderful thing, uh, giving you a gift. Um, it's the motive we're discussing from God's perspective. Uh, and, and, but from our experience, Sometimes a human act of love can be more grand than a pagan. I mean, a pagan act can be more grand than a, than a believer's love if they're immature. Because a mature unbeliever can act more godly than an immature believer. Yeah. Does that fall under the same, like, so my family will say, like, uh, 
Right. That's what that's obligatory, you know, obligatory obligation. Love. Yeah. No, the, it's the funny thing is it's it's it becomes entitlement when they expect it back. Right. If they do it, they don't expect it back. That's one thing. But if, but anybody who says that's what family does and loves you, they expect back. Yeah. They expect but back. I feel there's an entitlement to like love over you in yeah. whatever it is you fit. Yeah. Yeah. Blood, sugar, and water. <laughs> 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 Blood. <Blues. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <But> seriously. <laughs> Same words, same time. But if it, but if it not initiates it, because if she's deferring to the other person's preferences, and that person says, "I'd like to do this," and she's like, "Great, let's do it," right? Well, she so says, "But I want to do it too." It was loving. But if if you have the if it's initiated, Ellie goes up, "Hey, I'd like to, you know, do do whatever you want to do." Um, you know, do you want to go down to the down the kite? Like, if, if there's an ambition there to try and get the person to do it, like, would it alter it? There's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with trying to provoke someone. So then it would go, um, take it out of that context um, of uh, the gift giving you've done. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to get you an epic gift uh, that you really love. So I buy you a, a twosome uh, golf tea time, and I tell you that we can go whenever you want. Sure. Right. That's 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 presumptuous. And that's that's what that's what when Dave when David said, um, "Don't you know, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins." That's a that's a presumption that I want to to go with someone. I was thinking more of like even if I knew you golfed, but it would be I'm loving you, but loving me at the same time. Like right, of course. And it's it's fine if that's the gift you want to give, but you are you are giving it with. And you could say, hey, I'm giving you a gift, but I'm doing it so that I can spend time with you, which is selfish, but that's okay because that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> they speak. Like, they, you know what? They straight up about it. There's something that's, 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 that's okay. You're, 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 pro, you're proclaiming the parameters of your love. You can get around that by just giving the gift of one tea time. Right. They go, hey, gift of one tea time. I'd love to go with you. No, by the way, I have the same tea time. <laughs> Completely separate than you, but I, we're, we're in the same group. What do you know? <laughs> we're in the same grouping. person set of Nerf War, like Nerf War set, and it's got like the battle vest and 
guns and stuff, and I got her gun, and gave guy vests and a bunch of bullets with it. And I was like, I got this for you so we can do it together. Well, that's true if you if you know the other party wants to do that and you're the natural of the sister who they would play with. That is an act of love because you know that they would want you to play with you, that you know that they would want... Yeah, you've studied them enough to know that that is, a, that is a, a, an accurate act of love that is accomplishing love. It would be boring alone. It would be boring alone. You're going to shoot like the wind, you know, so... So, what were you saying? What's your second one? What's your... Uh, the second one was kind of already answered considering that Already. It's not really what hypocrisy. Right, right, right. There's also kind of like a time and place for. There's like a, I want to love this person at a really high level. I'm going to really dial in. And then there's also the like, hey, I'd like to go golf. And I'm going to yeah. do this anyways. And it'd be fun if you want to join. Would you want to join me? That's, that's, like that's more the offer of love, which is. Uh, but that's a good act of love because you're going anyway. You're saying you don't have to go, but I'm going to offer you to go with me. So that's, that's, a, that's a nuance of love that's perfect, right? Yeah. It's not hypocrisy to say, I'm going, would you like to go? Uh, like, I'm not going to go, of course, because that's the kind, that's the conditions of the love you're, you're willing to give at the time. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's when you, that, that's void of selfishness. That's still like, I'm going, you're welcome to go or not go. That's void of selfishness because you're just still offering to bless someone uh, in that circumstance. You're not planning out their life or, or like... Right, it'd be different to say, I want to get you a birthday present, you know, um, we, know we can go motoing, we can go golfing, we can go, we can go kayaking, we can go... Or, you know... It is, <laughs> or it's like, hey, I'm going golfing. It's your birthday. If you want, you can come along with me. I'll, I'll buy you tea time. I know you like golf. You know, like, oh, sweet. You know, that's, that's, well, a, that's a wonderful says, love. No, and then you're like, but, but I find this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I planned it. You're going to go. No. It's my gift to you. Yeah, it's my gift to you. You're wrecking it. <laughs> so, you understand, Dan? Makes sense to you? Yeah, I'm ready for a wife. Ready for a wife, huh? Wrangle her after she comes in seeing you as Ken the Barbie doll. You're going to facilitate my life, and you're like, oh Lord, help me. Here we go. I gotta wash her with the word and work her out of this grease hole here, you know, and help her out. You know. <laughs> that is the challenge of a man. That's why you have to wash him with the word, because that is they're 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 victims. Women are victims of Satan's world. And Christ, God saves them out and transfers them into the kingdom of his beloved son. And then he hands them to you. <laughs> he says, now here, wash this, this creature, this, this gutter rat, this squashed cabbage leaf in my garden. <laughs> Henry Higgins. Yeah. Eliza Doolittle. Yeah. You mentioned First Peter 3 before, so I was looking at that. Yeah. First Peter three. Yeah, like that related for what we're talking about. Yeah. That was helpful to have that Yeah. And so.
I was just thinking on that verse too that his language is really strong where he says abhor what is evil mm -hmm. and cling and I'm thinking like clinging with bleeding fingers cling to what is good yeah those, those oh. are really strong words uh, abhor and cling don't like what's bad and like what's good he said abhor and that's a pretty strong word yeah <clears throat> cling just so, think of the little kid hooked onto the dad's leg yeah. I'm not letting go you're walking Thank with him you, you know <laughs> You're clinging to what is good, so. Well, it's late, so let's uh, end, and we'll enjoy a few minutes, and we can take off. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this night. I pray your blessings on us all, that your word would encourage our hearts, help us to understand how to love one another and how to apply our faith in respect to honor, giving preference to one another and honor and working that out in a manner that's pleasing to you, Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, for his glory, so that you're glorified through our lives, through our exaltation of your Son and the life of Christ living out through us toward one another and in this world. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.